Blog and Bienvenidos listeners, and welcome to Uber Cinco, the podcast game show where we deep dive top fives. I'm Brian Ernst, your host for today's festivities, and in the den is Mitch Brinkman versus our very special guest, Dylan Caddy. Today, our contestants will reveal and defend their top five regional foods. Our first contestant is the man with taste buds so fine they made the devil himself give up his wine. He puts ricotta and green olives on his pizza and makes his risotto with orzo from Barilla. It's Mitch. Get your ass out of the kitchen, Brinkman. How are you, sir? Uh, thank you so much. Um, I I feel like I was born and I've been preparing for this episode, um, even though I am not a, 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 a debative professional, unlike my opponent today, I will put my best foot forward. I will put my best food mallet forward, if you will, the one I will use to bash my competition. And I want to give a shout out to a very important aspect of my top five today, and that is Cincinnati area. This is who they beer. Uh, who they who they who they think gonna beat them Bengals? Ain't nobody gonna beat them Bengals. Um, and it also some Midwestern staples in the background here: the Vikings and a, and a great hat for snow. Let's go. Top five U.S. regional foods. I'm I am taking this one today. I'm sorry, Dylan. Uh, that's just that's just the way it's gonna be. All right, we'll see how that goes. Uh, and the challenger, a soon-to-be-respected man of the law, hailing from the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, a foodie, but more importantly, the valedictorian of St. Simon and Jude class of 2010, Go Explorers, it's Dylan, no bar is too high caddy. How are you, sir? I, I'm doing quite well, and that is a deep pull from my past right there. <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate it. I had a man on the inside. Thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so what is your strategy today, Dylan, to go up against Mitch? I mean, you are a master debater where he is just a masturbator. So how is this going to go head to head today? Yes, because obviously, in addition to being the uh, the 2010 valedictorian of my elementary school, <laughs> I'm also the ninth place finisher uh, back in 2014 in the Pennsylvania State Debate Championship. So thank you. I have a history. I have a pedigree of debating, and I'm taking that skill set and going right after Mitch today. Oh, man. I'm so glad to see someone come in. Guns a-blazing for Mitch. Usually it's just me. Glad someone else we can pass the yeah. torch to today. He's so uh, professional. I'm... He's I'm, I'm uh, my, my knees are weak. My knees are weak. Uh... <laughs> And my uh, belly's hungry, so let's go. Here we go. <laughs> All right. And as a reminder, don't forget to stick with us until the end of the show where I, Brian Ernst, will give you my Fast Five send-off where I'll rattle off the definitive list of the top five signs December is upon us. And a quick message for our returning listeners. We love pleasing your ear holes and are always looking for more to fill. So please consider dropping us a review wherever you download fine podcasts and be sure to share with your friends. And if you have a topic or Fast Five you're dying for us to cover, head on over to bizbear.biz to submit your suggestion. We may even battle it out on an upcoming episode. And for you newbies, let us wake you out of hibernation with a quick rundown of the rules. Each player in the den has spent time with today's topic, arranging their top five answers in order of importance. Those answers have been submitted to the host who will moderate the game, awarding points to the player with the most poignant answer. Starting with their number five choice, we'll move up the ranks until we reach each of their top answers. But if both contestants happen to have the same answer on their list, well, we have an Uber, Uber stare down. 
you will hear the official Uber Cinco siren, and both players must reveal their answer and what number they ranked their submission. An Uber stare down is all or nothing, with one player earning three points. After all answers have been read, the host will reveal the final score. And as host, I am entitled to institute a house rule for today's game, which I didn't write. So this blank space on my script I'm going to come up with now is the person who makes me laugh the most will get no extra points because you're just going to get the normal amount of points anyway. So, (laughs) Dylan, you won the pre-show assless chaps catwalk strut, so you will go first. Thank you. Number five, Um, please. Wow. I guess it's my inaugural uh, number five and... In, in this prestigious show, um, I'm, I'm going with a personal favorite. I'm starting with dessert because I think everything should start with dessert. And I'm, I'm selecting what I believe is unequivocally the greatest dessert ever, but especially among the U.S. regional variety. So picture this. Go back to, you know, 1930s. Okay, 1930s, 1940s. You just feel the water around you. You just see it. You know, maybe you're passing by Ernest Hemingway's for former establishment, former house, rather. And then maybe you, you're taking a, a stop by Sloppy Joe's, a bar he used to frequent. Or maybe you're swinging by the southern, the southernmost tip of the continental United States and getting a lovely dessert. The best dessert. That is, of course, the key lime pie. Oh. Because what I personally think is what epitomizes U.S. regional food, is how the rest of the country bastardizes it. How the rest of the country <laughs> makes it worse, like makes a derivative product that is objectively worse. Like go to any supermarket and get that like fluorescent green key lime pie that just tastes like just the most acidic and most sweet thing you've ever imagined. No, real key lime pie is yellow, okay? Made with egg yolks. Mm-hmm. Very simple. Key lime juice is a bitch to work with. Okay, it is difficult to ju- they're difficult to juice, but they reap the best rewards. It is sweet, it is tart, and it is most important. It's just decadent, and that is why number five, key lime pie. I I, I love this selection because like key limes, um, your imagination with this is very small, uh, and so um, you know, yes, we like to bastardize it with some whipped cream or some meringue on top. But I think that adds to it, you know. Uh, we don't all get key limes all over the country, um, mm-hmm. and. But doesn't that just sorry, speak to the regionality? But, but doesn't no, that it speak? Does. Yeah. Yeah, sure, it does. Okay, good, good point. All right, good point. All right, wow, you're better at this than Nathan. Okay, um, oh shit. Oh, I'm oh, I'm rocked here. Okay, um, it's just pie. It's just pie. Okay. It's just crust and, and filling. All right, that's my that's my big retort. So, mm-hmm. well, no, I mean the key lime pie I like is a a solid handmade graham cracker crust with the pale yellow, awesome zested limes into mm-hmm. my key lime filling there with a thick meringue on top. So I have a triple effect going there. Mm-hmm. And that that that's the key lime pie that speaks to me. I don't know why you're trying to degrade it so much, Mitch, because I know in well, fact you you love pie. I mean, yes, I will eat a pie. Now, I'm curious here, Dylan, because I know I know you're a man of of research. Do you know I mean, the, the 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 traditional? Is it with a graham cracker crust? Oh, yes, the traditional is graham it cracker is. Tr- graham cracker uh, crust. The the the, 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 the lemon He's egg rattled. yolks, the 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 lime egg yolks, and of course the meringue on top. Come on. 
Okay. I, I, I wasn't sure because I've seen it without meringue on top. So I, I didn't know what, what mm-hmm. the original form was, but that makes sense. And making it in Florida, wouldn't, wouldn't the, the meringue behave differently? Uh, possibly, quite possibly. Honestly, I am less familiar with the specific meringue used for, for a traditional key lime pie than, than I okay. may admit otherwise. I think an important aspect of today's episode too should be how much have you had this food that you're talking about and how much key lime pie have you had? Oh, an excess, uh, an excessive and unhealthy amount. I mean, I, 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 I was at, I, I was at Ernest Hemingway's uh, former residence. I was down. I, I, I ate a uh, key lime pie in the Florida Keys on Key West. So I think, I think I'm an expert as anyone. Also, just random side fact that I'm really pissed about Key West to this day is that the monument for the southernmost point of the continental U.S. is actually not in the most southern point of Key West. You can literally look on a map and they just show more southern portions. Like literally, like, like the tourist map shows it here and then it they just about like, uh, there's literally another quarter mile south. And I'm like, okay, great, thanks. Wow. Oh, Before we go any further, I have made a huge mistake. And that's because... Here on your number five as well. It's not a key lime pie, but it is a pie. So you do need to defend this, and this is going to be for all the marbles. So, Mitch, moving away from the key lime pie, I'm doing a horrible job of sticking to our own rules that we have written for ourselves. (laughs) Moving back onto you, Mitch, please defend why your number five pick is better than Dylan's number five. Yeah, um, and this this slice of pie is something that is a truly uniting force for mankind, or for for American kind, I should say, and that is a New York slice of pie. Uh, oh, hey, get the the yay! Oh, that's my what, bad. What it, what is a New that, York slice of pie? That is that, that that's a slice. That's a pie is a pizza, and it's a slice. It's a New York slice, something okay. as big as your face. Everyone can enjoy a slice of pizza and do not say, oh, there's some people that don't eat dairy and they can't. No, it's just it's people who can all eat. If you can eat the dairy, you love pizza. Pizza's great. Uh, rich men, rich women, poor men, poor women, everyone in between, everyone can enjoy and does enjoy pizza. And in New York, you can buy a slice for 99 cents, get it for a dollar. You can pay up to, you know, five to eight bucks a slice for going to someplace fancy but each has their own merit. I love the dollar slice in a mid-afternoon walk when I'm headed uptown. Uh, maybe I'm headed uh, towards the, the Flatiron Building, or maybe I'm already past it. Maybe I'm going up to Central Park, and I need a little fuel to get there. I'm stopping for a dollar slice. It's room temp, maybe maybe a little warm. That's fine. Fold it up. Eat it. Keep going as you're, as you're people watching and as you're uh, enjoying the beautiful architecture. Um, you know, Melted cheese with some sauce on some dough can never be that bad but the better slices i must insist that when you order those you get it well done you have them pop it in the oven it comes out crackling on the bottom like a cracker you can hear it when you when you do the big fold and you got to fold too if you're not folding your new york slicer are doing it wrong um because in the case of there's some grease coming off of it it's like a nice little it's like a grease uh slide for it just Pour it right in your mouth. Um, that's more good calories for you to burn as you're walking in New York City, uh, which you should be doing in New York City. Um, and then also with that well done slice, I'm, I'm hoping you're going to find some browning on the edges of your pepperoni. That's going to be a beautiful, delicious slice. Boy, howdy, look at you. You're, you're killing it. And if you're not a meat eater, then you go with green peppers and onions. That's classic. You have that, that's a, 
what's the best way? That's a loving couple. You know, the green pepper, it's a little spicy, but it's committed a loving life, a beautiful life to the sweet tangy onion. And those together are just an imperative combo. Um, and if you're really getting out there, Brian, I'm so glad you mentioned this in the, in the, in the opening. The best slice there is. Not green, but Kalamata olives, pepperoni. You get that spicy meatiness. Hopefully that sausage is, is, is freckled with fennel. And then if you want a little creamy in there, beautiful little pillows of ricotta all over that slice. You slap that bad boy two edges, you know, close it like a, like a, like, like a thin pamphlet and you go to town and you're welcome. You're going to thank me as you're choking down the last bit of that, uh, that crust. Um, and there it is. And whether it's, you know, whether you're a one slicer or a many slicer like I am, Always pair your pizza with a Coke or Diet Coke, but preferably a Coke or an easy drinking Pilsner or lager. You do that, you're always gold, baby. So there it is. Dylan, what do you have to say about this man's choice of- New York of, pie. Of New using York the, pie. the term pie to describe uh, his pizza. I mean, I mean I'm, hey, I, I'm a fan of, of a good New York slice- as anyone else. And honestly, the margins that many of these New York restaurants operate on to ensure a $1 slice is kind of insane. And probably they're cutting something, they're cutting costs somewhere. And I I would suspect the ingredients. So I'd be wary, Mitch, a bit about over <laughs> overindulging yourself to that to that extent. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, it, it's great and all. It's a tad bit passe, isn't it? Like, the, the, the New York slice is a bit overdone. And I think that's kind of why you put it at number five. Like you didn't believe in it. Oh, like when you think of New York slice, like that's like when you think of U.S. regional foods, that's really like, oh, yeah, New York pizza is kind of up there. But you're only putting it five. So I think even you don't really kind of fully believe in it, fully believe in the New York slice. Like it is good. But like when compared with like something as so special and unique to a very specific part of the country, like the you know, the key lime pie. I, I'm sorry. I, I, I have to prefer my number five over yours. You know, I'm, I'm building up from, from the slice. And like I said, this is a uniting chunk of food. Everyone can get behind pizza, whether it's Joe's on 54th, the other Joe's on, on, on 82nd or famous Joe's on fifth or the other famous Joe's on, on, on Avenue a, or, you know, um, or JoJo's on, uh, where is that? On on Houston, no matter where you go, pizza's gonna keep you company and it's you're gonna love it, so. Yeah, but I mean, some would argue that, you know, the Neapolitan <laughs> style is superior, but hey, you know, preferences to each of their own. But you also need a crazy big oven and 24 hours to, to achieve that. So, for, 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 to let the dough to ferment, mm -hmm. yeah, so. All right, you boys are putting me in an interesting pickle here. Uh, one, because I'm trying to picture where I would be or want to ideally be enjoying each of these foods. Would I rather be in hopefully a, a nice, uh, Southern porch with a, with a cool giant limeade next to my key lime pie with the wind blasting through my screened porch? Cause I'm not dealing with any bugs. Or would I rather be in the rat race, scarfing down a dollar slice of rat meat while I'm late <laughs> to get to my class? So oh. I think the only choice here is to pick Whoa. the key lime pie is oh the winner God. of the Uber stare down. 
for three points to Thank Dylan. You. Thank you, Brian. Get really, out of here. Brian, I really appreciate it. And I also want to take the opportunity to uh, thank my corporate sponsor, and that is uh, uh, Nellie and Joe's Key Lime, <laughs> Key, West, or Key West Lime Juice from Concentrate. So thank you. This man is a fan, and that's just playing to my, my, my thrills here. Let's do it. We got to move on to number four. Since, Mitch, you, you lost really, really bad there. You should probably go with your number four. Wow. Okay. Um, I, I, I thought I performed admirably. Um, obviously, I need to take a different track here to get you back, Brian. Yes. And that's why my number four is an audacious pick. This is an insane dish. It's no one should have thought it up, but they did. And people keep making it and they keep serving it. And it's Watergate salad, AKA cookie salad. Now the classic recipe is canned crushed pineapple, pistachio pudding, cool whip, pecans, and marshmallows. But in my beloved Midwest, we make it with vanilla pudding. Uh, You got buttermilk in there. Cool whip again. Cool whip is, is the standard. If you don't have cool whip, it's not a cookie salad. Also in the Midwest version, you have mandarin oranges. Yum. Uh, Keebler fudge stripe cookies. That's another great one. Another this is a this this is an offshoot one that one that my family makes in in the heart of Minnesota dairy country. That is cheesecake salad, baby. Quick set cheesecake filling, canned cherry pie filling layered in there. Cool whip, and then blueberries to garnish for a Patriots flair. You got a beautiful red, white, and blue going on. Um, <laughs> but my favorite, the one when you try it, you will say this is the best Watergate salad I've ever had, and that is what we call the Watergate pretzel salad in Minnesota. It's cherry jello, cool whip, crushed pretzels, sliced strawberries, cheesecake, quick set filling again, and then pretzels to garnish on top. The perfect mixture of textures. You got some crunchy, you got soft, you have a little bit of, of a flesh in there in the strawberry. Maybe the strawberry is not so ripe, so it's a little, you know, it's like mm-hmm. biting into a little flesh or something. Uh, and then, And then you got salty, you got sweet, and then you have fruit too, so it's healthy. You have fruit, so it's healthy. Um, and and your mom, or your aunt can't yell at you because you got fruit on your plate. So um, <laughs> that's my number four. Uh, what I love about these salads too is your imagination can run wild. You know, whatever canned fruit you have in the house, uh, or like a fresh strawberry, sure. Plop it on there, layer it up. Make sure you have enough Cool Whip though. Um, what's actually quite nice if you freeze the Cool Whip first, or make it and then pop it in the freezer for a little bit bring it out. It's kind of like a little bit of a frozen treat too. Uh, you know, uh, but when it melts though, it does, it does get pretty ugly on the buffet table. Uh, so be careful of that, but so you gotta get it first, get it first, get it on your plate fast and quick. This is not a dessert. It's a salad. Yeah. So, all right. And if you're at an event where they put this on the dessert table, don't trust these people and move it back to the salad section of the buffet. Okay. Cause this is a salad. There's fruit in it. It's healthy. Okay. Thank you. All right. So I have never had this particular salad. This was not something that was a staple in in my family. We had a dirt cake, which was basically the cheesecake filling with crushed Oreos on top and some mm. uh, some gummy worms added to it. So that's not too but that's, bad. But that's cake. This is salad. This is Correct. different. This is salad, Correct. not Correct. cake. Yeah. This is different. Yeah. Everything you're describing sounds like something I would enjoy very, very much. So this is appealing to my 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 salty, my my sweets. I mean, Cool Whip, I'm there. Cheesecake filling, I'm there. Any kind of pudding, you're 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 inching up the ladder here, Mitch. 
So yeah, we got it. We got to hear Dylan's number four here, but I'm going to keep you in mind. This is a good one. Okay. All right. Yeah. Number four to Dylan. What do you got? <clears throat> yeah. Um, I mean, I, I've actually had Watergate salad. It is quite good, but I kind of think of it more as like a potluck dish, but that's kind of the extent of its role in, in, I guess the foodie culture and honestly, I'm kind of concerned about Mitch bringing up the Watergate salad when it's the only reason why it has popularity is actually because of the Watergate scandal and not because of the intrinsic nature of the salad <laughs> itself. But for my number four, I was going, I was like, I was thinking barbecue. I was like, let's go with some good, like old fashioned American barbecue. Like, do I do Texas brisket? Like, do I do like a Carolina vinegar based, like just like pork or something like just, or even like an Alabama, like a mayo based or a, a white uh, based barbecue sauce. But then I was like, let's just go barbecue adjacent because there has been a city that has been destroying the game. Uh, for what I would define as barbecue adjacent cuisine and has been doing it before Chick-fil-A, been doing it before Popeye's, KFC. And I'm talking about the Nashville hot chicken, okay? Oh, that spicy, yeah. that you get you get white bread, you get that wing and thigh combo, boom, with a cayenne pepper infused with inside the brine. It's so it's soaked overnight with in, uh, in buttermilk. Like it's mm-hmm. just this most, delicious juice moist thing and then they layer on just pickles and just pickles on top just get that vinegar to cut the savoriness you cannot beat that and like everyone now is trying to hop on like the spicy chicken train but nashville started it and that's why that's my number four okay I was, I, you know, as soon as you said hot chicken, in my mind, I thought, oh, that's cute. He's he, he's he's on the bandwagon. That's great. Um, uh, because I feel like, you know, is there hot chicken in Philadelphia? Is there hot chicken in Virginia? Do you eat a lot of hot chicken? Is that around? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of I'm I not mean, believing no, no. this so much. Oh, no. I mean, uh, I acknowledge. I mean, not in Philadelphia, but no, there is. Uh, some hot chicken places in Virginia um, that I that okay. I frequent. Um, so so okay. it is it is a staple. I'm not saying I have never uh, been fortunate enough to have the authentic article, but like the derivatives that I've had have been phenomenal. I can only imagine the the the, the real article. And okay. so honestly, I'm I'm enamored. Honestly, it, hot chicken is kind of <laughs> is kind of my thing. I I always preferred fried chicken over like a burger any day of the week. And honestly. True. When, when you're just making, when you're adding cayenne, any spice to that chicken, ooh, that is, that is, yeah, great A. What's 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 great about this is that uh, Brian hates spicy foods, so like you're totally in the doghouse, oh, my yeah. friend. I'm a witness one. I was so. just about to talk about my sensitive little tasty buds, but uh, yeah, sorry, go for it, go for it. My, you, you should talk about the, the times when it's gotten bad. Oh, it's gotten bad a lot. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I can get a, I can get a bad bag of Doritos. It's too spicy for me. That's how white this skin is. Uh, so <laughs> you're, you're not playing to your crowd here. Uh, um, this judge is not is not accepting this number four too high. Also, you've only had the derivatives. You haven't had the the original in Nashville. So I feel like that's going to knock you down a few points here, okay. uh, Mitch. I, I also haven't had your food. I'd love to have your food. So I'm going to give you the two points because I really, really want your food eventually, but I need you to make it for me. So Mitch, you're yep. getting two points and Dylan, you're only getting one point this round. Hot okay. chicken, not playing to my standards here. So yep. let's stick uh, on Dylan's stick on Dylan's side to hear what your number three is, sir. Yeah. So my number three is 
by far the healthiest thing on, on my list. I, I would argue. Uh, <laughs> it is also it it it, 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 it is also uh, the oldest, I believe, dating back to roughly 500 AD or CE, if if you want to do that way. Um, so if, if, honestly, if, if, if this is whole roasted onions, I'm just gonna drop my mic and walk out right now. It's not. I don't no. care if the Amish did it in the middle of Pennsylvania. I don't care. All right. Sorry. Don't be dissing. Don't be dissing the the Amish. Come on. They're, they're they're my people. They're they're lovely. They're lovely, and honestly. Lancaster has some very redeeming qualities to it. Um, <laughs> so honestly, so the location, you have to fly there. Uh, that's largely because to, to eat the authentic article of this regional delight, you have to go to Hawaii. And I'm talking about poke, the bowl raw fish with just some Polynesian and Southeast Asian spices and sauces all tossed together into this lovely homogenous just goop that is just on par, if not greater than sushi. And honestly, it is just a delight. You feel good about yourself when you're eating it because it is healthy. Maybe like it's kind of is like there's a lot of sodium, but still it's not like fried. So that's a positive. Um, but yeah, honestly, and, and, and it is definitely like gaining in popularity. And I think people are getting a real appreciation for like, you know, the positive, like the less, or I guess the more healthy alternative as like, instead of Chipotle, get poke. It's slightly healthier. Cool. But beyond like just the health component, it's just damn good. Like raw fish, fresh raw fish. You can't really go like wrong ahi tuna, some salmon, and then just mix that together with a variety of veggies and like just some sauce. And you have yourself a meal that, that is fit for a king. Man, I feel like I feel like Big Poke is going to be calling you for some representation down the road here. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a good choice. I am a sushi guy. Uh, I do like my my poke once in a while. Um, I have never had it uh, on the mainland or with a nice side of a fresh poi. I wish I could have could try this. So it is definitely on my bucket list of foods, but not something I have had. Again, this is something I've only had the derivatives of, not the fresh thing. So, Mitch, go up against this number three with yours. What are you going to battle poke with? Mine is mine couldn't be more opposite and different than that last one. Um, you don't gotta, you don't gotta leave the contiguous to get this one. You just gotta, uh, get on whatever river boat you're nearest, get to the central part of the country, get to the queen city herself, Cincinnati, follow the bad smell and, and go try the most audacious dish on my list, and that is Skyline Cincy Chili. Uh, this was started in 1949 by Greek immigrant Nicholas Lambernides. There are no beans in this thing. There are no vegetables. It's just water, meat, and spices. Um, people have long debated, is it cinnamon? Because it's kind of sweet. Or is it allspice? Is it chocolate? What is it that makes it, that uh, gives it that odd kind of sweetness? Have either of you ever had it before? First, I want to ask that before I continue. I have not had the Cincinnati brand of this chili, no. Okay. I have had a derivative one time. So. Okay, okay. So um, it's like a it's it's pretty sloppy, you know. It's a mm -hmm. it's like a thin slop. It's not your it's not your your hearty Texas stew with a lot of beans and big chunks of beef. Nothing like that. The the meat is finely ground, um, and the secret though it continues to be a deeply held one, which is great. The recipe. Only the family knows it. They don't tell the franchisees. Um, 
which I love that about this. Um, and I've personally been a handful of times, I'd say probably seven to eight times when I've been in Cincinnati, uh, only once during the daylight. So it's mainly a night food for me. Um, and what I love about this is that in the city of Cincinnati, there are intense skyline loyalists and skyline misanthropes that live you know, as neighbors in the same apartment building. Um, and that's what I love about this. It's so derisive. Maybe it's a reflection of our current times, but this has been derisive since it, the, like, you know, the decades ago. Um, there are other things on the menu there. They've got, you know, salads or whatever, you know, uh, <laughs> skyline fresh. Salads whatever. Like, or whatever. Yeah. You're like, Oh, you're like, we know that lettuce is old. You guys never serve salads. Um, but so you, you either have to go with the Coney, which is the hot dog with the chili or, the, the famous dish is just called the way and it's either um it's not a cult you know it sounds like a cult the way uh but it kind of is a little bit the three-way that's the classic that's just chili cheese and spaghetti uh the four-way chili cheese spaghetti and then onions or beans and then the five-way is both onions and beans on there and people you put hot sauce on top you put oyster crackers on top um and the Surprisingly enough, it doesn't smell great, but the chili pairs quite nicely with the cheese. Um, and then the pasta is just, it's just down there as like a beautiful, soft little minivan that's going to drive all that shit to your mouth. Um, and then the hot, the hot, the hot sauce put on there spices it up. And then the oyster cracker is like, it cools it down. It's like the, it's like when someone, you know, does a naughty in the kitchen, you got to throw kitty litter everywhere, kind of like, contain the mess that's what the oyster crackers do mm-hmm. um and after you've had this the skyline chili if you've had the five way um you know you've got full bloating from the overcooked spaghetti uh you've got heartburn and and gi discomfort from the chili uh you've got hot breath from the onions raw onions i should say that they don't cook the onions they're raw um and then, then the classic, you got bean toots, you got cheese toots, you got dry mouth from the oyster crackers. So you got to wash it down with a who day, um, <laughs> premium lager. And, uh, I just, this day, like when you, when you describe it, you're like, no fucking way do I want to eat that. That's going to be bad. And when you're there and you're eating it and you're sober, you're like, ah, this is not good. I don't know why I'm doing this to my body. But if you have just the right mixture of cocktails and you can't have too much beer either because then your stomach is full and then it's not going to want spaghetti and chili and cheese and raw onions and oyster crackers. So you got to have some whiskey in there too. It just, it, it comforts and it, it insulates and it protects you from the horrors of the next morning. And I think, I think this, this is why this place has continued to exist um there are ample locations near the local colleges of course um but uh yeah that is skyline chili uh it's insane but again it's just it's got cojones it's got the it's got the will to be itself and that i think Mm -hmm. that's what we need right now in this country i mean honestly honestly (laughs) i kind of i i I was expecting this this poll from you as soon as you mentioned the Bengals in cincinnati i was like oh he's going with the cincinnati chili route like this is obvious and i was like planning like my rebuttal in advance like while i was talking about poke while i was talking about key lime pie and then you led with water and i'm just really confused with it it's like when i'm having a meat dish my the number one ingredient on like the ingredient list water is not really what i kind of envision as, as being like a phenomenal type of food and so kind i kind of like 
forgot what I was going to say earlier as soon as you led with water, and I'm kind of going to let that part speak for itself a bit. <laughs> I mean, regional water is an important part of a day. I mean, a New York bagel needs New York water. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, th- th- mm-hmm. this is fine. Cause to be honest, for me, Mitch, you had me at water, meat, and spices. Um, <laughs> water, meat, spices. Boom. There we go. Yeah, uh, that's, that's all it is. You had me at meat tornado is basically the moment I'm having here. It's... Uh, I like the idea of something that's regional that uses something commercial. So like this chili needs oyster crackers off the shelf. Like mm-hmm. it's like, like, like something that's like whatever like you need a, a, a disgusting pile of nachos that is covered in Velveeta. It's, but it's something that makes it that thing. So uh, you're getting the full three points for this, for this chili, because that is just, you're just, you're, you got it, man. You got it. You're going after my heart right here and you're trying to clog it. And I love that. Yep. So yep. you're getting three points for that. Uh, Dylan, you are getting uh, two points for your, for your poke bowl. Okay. Can't beat the chili, but it is a solid choice for your number three. And I think well-placed on the list. Three is mm-hmm. a good place for poke. Mitch, going back to you, you need to defend and reveal your number two choice, please. Yeah. So number two, I am actually going, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not flying back to Chicago after my Skyland chili. I'm getting an Airbnb in, in, in OTR over the Rhine neighborhood. And, uh, I'm, I'm waking up in Cincinnati the next day. And for breakfast, I'm going, I'm going to my nearest breakfast joint and I'm ordering Geta. Geta <laughs> is the shit. Do you guys know what Geta is? No, please continue. <laughs> I do not know. <laughs> oh boys, you are in for a treat, my friends. Okay, so they have a Geta Fest in Cincinnati. It's a whole fest dedicated to this food, and I hope I hope you'll say to yourself, "Oh, Cincinnati sounds like a, a stupid place." After I describe what it is, how do you um, spell Geta? Y- you spell it G O E T T A. Okay. Yeah. Exactly and how reason, it sounds. <laughs> the reason I love Geta is because I had this food in a different form. But same ingredients when I when I was a child at my grandparents' farm in Minnesota, and in Minnesota they call it Chrysan for whatever reason. I tried and tried and tried to find mention of that on the internet. I could not find it. But there's like lots of different German uh, sausages and kind of breakfast meats that that mirror this. But what it is is you take the leftover parts after you butcher a pig or a cow, but preferably pig. So um, I will describe to you how my my grandma made this. Uh, from scratch when my mom helped her as a kid you take you, you send your pigs to the to the butcher you get the head back you put the whole head in a boiling pot of water you boil the shit out of the pig's head you take all that meat off and then you grind it and mix it with steel cutouts and um some spices you know spices quote unquote salt and pepper maybe a little lowry's or something like that if that maybe garlic salt and you mix it mix it together and it's this beautiful um savory meat oat like perfect breakfast power patty basically um in cincinnati they fry it up in like rectangular things and they serve it on sandwiches a lot of times like with uh, mustard maybe some pickles or some onions that kind of thing um on on the dickhouse family farm they fried it up into patties and you have that with your eggs or you put it on a piece of white bread with some uh, syrup and it kind of tastes sort of like you're eating pancakes with like a little bacon on there or something. You get the savory, you get the, you get the good carbs, you get that sweet. Um, these things after you eat Kreisen or Geta, 
you have energy to, to work the farm the whole damn day. You, you got to split half a forest of logs done. You can do it with, with get in your system. Um, do it with Geta. <laughs> do, do it with Geta. And, and I just want to like, just, just close your eyes and, and, and go to, go to a big, beautiful breakfast table with me. And I will describe this sensation for you. It's crispy on the outside, a crisp, crisp crust that you get by frying in a pan. It's wonderfully spiced. It's savory. It's soft on the inside and it creates a perfect balance with your eggs. And you get that, those little hunks of pork and those little hunks of oats together. It goes in your body and it charges you back up to 100%. Uh, and it's amazing. It's great. So that's my number two. <laughs> All right. I, I feel like you've lost some of us here. Because what? although I'm, sh- I'm sure it's delicious, n- 75% of it on paper sounds horrifying. <laughs> you know, this was, this was a food that, that, that farm people from all over Europe back in the day, this is how you stretch your meat. This is how you keep all your mm-hmm. kids alive through winter so they can come back again in spring and work the farm again. So um, that's mm-hmm. fine, but, it, but it, it's, it's, it's keeping you alive. <laughs> The love of a regional food, something that just keeps you alive Mm -hmm. is a necessity, not something that brings me back to a region. So defend why this get up would bring me back to Cincinnati or this Chrysler back to Stearns County. Because, okay, so have you ever had pig cheek before? I love jowl. jowl. I'm a pig jowl man. Yes, you got me there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so that is a big chunk of this flavor coming in. You've got great flavor from the pig head. But why oats? Why oats? I don't understand the oats mix. Because the oats, back in the day, you'd take oats and meat because oats were cheaper than meat and you'd mix them together. So you'd get literally a protein energy power breakfast patty. I'm not talking about the logistics of why it's a good idea. I'm talking about in the flavor profile, why would I mix oats and pig? Because what it does is the oats mellows out. It's not just like a, a pure uh, sausage patty there because it's, it's, it, it mellows it out a bit. And in this way too, kind of like how you have like grains with meat, it's, it's kind of the same idea. You put them together in one thing and, 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 and there you go. You know, it's, it's, it's delicious. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. You know, Germans don't necessarily spice it a lot, but um, I have personally made uh, uh, like a Cajun Christen before, uh, and it, that was very delicious. So you can add some more stuff to it, but I, I, I know it sounds crazy. It sounds crazy. It sounds awful, but man, is it delicious! Ooh, it's good. Mm-hmm. Honest, honestly, Mitch, not to not to uh, assist my my enemy in in this battle. Uh, I've never had it, but uh, it, it's ringing a lot of bells for Scrapple, which is the Pennsylvania yeah. Dutch, I think, equivalent for Pennsylvania folk, um, yeah. which is really just pork scraps and buckwheat flour. And it is it is honestly delicious. So, like, yeah, I kind of I kind of endorse it. And, and, it, and seeing Brian's reaction to, like, the disgust on his face, I'm kind of uh, I'm feeling happy about my choice <laughs> as opposed to yours. So I'm, I'm comfortable <laughs> kind of building you up a bit. Speaking yeah, as a fellow German, this does sound like a food that would be born from our humorless people. <laughs> no, we just need the scraps, need the oats, and the keep everybody alive. Move on. <laughs> so it, that sounds, it sounds very German. So that part of me is it's definitely appealing to. All right, your rebuttal, uh, Mr. Dylan here. What is your number two? 
Yeah, so, I mean, if you're making a top five, you gotta put a sandwich somewhere on the board, right? You gotta put, like, just, what's more American than a sandwich? It's it's mobile, but you can also sit at a table and enjoy it. So, like, it, it ha- it's the best of all the worlds. It's best of everything. And I'm like, okay, from Philadelphia, I'm like, oh, cheesesteak immediately. No, fuck cheesesteaks. They're good drunk food, but honestly, they're not an everyday sandwich. They really aren't. <laughs> Okay, so no way in hell cheesesteaks are going on my top five. Fair. I'm going across across the country. I'm going to Los Angeles because they actually are the origin point of a little known sandwich called the French dip. Oh, come on. Uh Yeah. See that I don't have to go on because his reaction to that is good enough for me because you get that sliced roast beef. You get Swiss cheese, maybe some onions, maybe some mushrooms on top. You get a baguette and then you dip it. You freaking dip it in more meat juice and then just down it. And then once you're done the sandwich, you take the fries and then you dip those into the meat juice, the au jus, and then you just down it. You feel bad about yourself at the end, but there's nothing. There is no better sandwich in existence than the French dip, in my opinion. It is just the best. It is the greatest. It. It is wonderful. It is the most American thing possible because we name it after the French, apparently, for some reason, even though, you know, it's English roast beef, Swiss cheese, and then a French baguette. It's French dip. We're good enough. Okay, great. It's phenomenal. And that's why it's at my number two. Uh, This is a solid choice. I'm learning something. I did not know this was an L.A. original. I mean, I'm a Chicago guy. This is where beef sandwiches are all the rage here, Mm -hmm. but... I'm very curious to know uh, how that started in, in L.A. That is very cool. Also, I do love dipping anything in au jus. That's, that's, I'm an, I'm an au jus maniac. That's great. Mm-hmm. So. I, was, I, I was just about to say, as soon as he said the French dip, I knew I was toast because I know Brian. Brian and I have a long-running au jus joke, and just we love to reference au jus. So I knew with the au jus, you were getting the, <laughs> the, the, the all points, you know. Um, yeah. Damn it. Damn it. Good, 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 good select. Good select. I, I want to say I was very tempted to put the Reuben on my list because mm. the Reuben mm-hmm. is an incredible sandwich. But when I looked into it, there no one knows where it originated. So, like, you know, if you can't pin it down, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I feel like that would have been born in a Jewish deli at some point. But, that is uh, one of the the uh, the, the theories. Yes. Yeah. In, in New York. So, I mean, that is a I mean. Oh God, I'm so hungry. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, I got to give a full three points to the French dip. It's a solid choice. Thank you. Thank you. I'm worried about Geta or Chrysan. I need to have it. I need you to deliver it to me and sell me on this oats jowl mixture that keeps the farm kids alive to work their little brittle hands to, to the bone. Yeah. So I'll give you two points for this round. Brian, Brian, if I if I promise to bring you back some Chrysan from Minnesota in January, can I get three points? You will get an extra point in a future episode if Geta yeah. is delivered to me. Yes. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Fair See, enough. Fair, fair enough. enough. Fair enough. Yep. All right. We're going to stick with our guest for the ultimate choice here. This is the number one U.S. regional food. What is your choice? Yes, so my, my, my number one choice is bro is both very broad and very narrow. Oh. Let's huh. go back to 1803. Oh, my okay. God. I, I currently attend the University of Virginia, founded by Thomas Jefferson. And 
ignoring all the all the atrocities and horrendous and ethically problematic behavior he engaged with throughout his life, the most of most the best thing he ever did as president or as a person, in my opinion, is the Louisiana Purchase. Because with that, America got the culinary tradition of Cajun and Creole cooking. And it is without doubt the best amalgamation of both American indigenous, Spanish, West African, French, everything you really need, like all cultures who know how to cook food, you get Cajun and Creole and get in uh, Cajun and Creole cooking. And if I had to pick a single, a singular dish that is like the perfect example of all that uh, Cajun and Creole cooking has to offer, you got to go with gumbo. You got to go with gumbo. The best, just the most wholesome, fulfilling. It is a stew slash a soup. It is wonderful. It is a dish that is better the next day. Like when you make it, it's good, but then it sits overnight and congeals a bit more. All the flavors really get to know each other a bit more. The okra or the filet powder really thickens it. So you can really get like that, just like it coats the back of the spoon. Like that's just like where you know it's good. And and you can put basically whatever you want in it too. Like people who are outside of like New Orleans largely think it's really like you get shrimp and do like andouille is by far an essential component but like you get like you know there's seafood gumbo which is you know more indicative of 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 creole cooking um but then you have cajun which is more like you use gamier meats like maybe a rabbit plus the andouille or like something that's like e that you hunt and actually put in dish that you're making for your family And, and and like without question it's just like it's wholesome good cooking that people use to survive people use to show love for their families like, there's nothing better than that in America. And that's why my number one pick is gumbo, but, like, the larger culinary tradition of the Cajun and Creole uh, peoples. Wow. This is a good mm. choice. Gum. I mean, I was waiting for the andouille speak because mm. andouille sausage is a, is, a, is a good choice. And, and very difficult to find in a lot of places, which is really upsetting. That is the only thing that you have going against you is this is a regional food that truly is regional to get it. Right. I feel like all the other things on your list, you, you can get a derivative in some way that's going to be decent. This Creole Cajun gumbo made the right way is very, very hard to get, which makes mm-hmm. it a good case for a regional food. Uh, Mitch, you seem like you have some thoughts. What are you stewing in? Yeah, I just, you, you listed off all those culinary traditions as being the people of the world who really know how to cook. And you didn't say German people. And I was like, <laughs> what the hell, guy? And, you know, have you, ever had, have you ever had a German enchilada? It's just potatoes and cream sauce uh, in a tortilla. And it's great. It's really good. Um, if you put salt on it, it's even better. So I just I just want you to go back and check check your check your ideas a little bit. Um, Is anything boiled or encased in uh, casing in some sort of way as well? Yeah, it just I mean, and do we can think the German tradition, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I haven't had a lot of good gumbo because, again, you said it's very regional. There was one place here in Chicago called the Blue Bayou that I had it once in like literally two thousand and nine. I had some great gumbo, and it has been closed since two thousand ten. And the the sign still hangs at their old location here on Southport, and no one has taken it over. Maybe it's cursed. Maybe it's a voodoo <gasps> curse. I don't oh, know. Oh no! Uh, but that's the yeah. That's the closest. I've never been to 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 Nolan, so I, I've never had mm-hmm. never had it at the source. Which you know, it it's it, it, it's yeah. 
but it's that is a very good choice. I will I will give it up for that. Um, and I, I I like the I like the mention of of it showing love for your family. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I like that aspect because I mean, who who isn't emotional about food, right? Mm-hmm. It's an emotional oh, definitely. thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, no, I, I, I definitely think that. Yeah, I, I, I if I lose tonight, I'm definitely going to go finish the rest of the ice cream in the freezer, <laughs> and that's going to make me feel better. Um, <laughs> but. Well, go ahead and give it your best shot. What is your number one here, Mitch? Dazzle us with your yeah. choice for best regional. My number food. one, my number one continues to be, you know, kind of a German centric food. And my number one choice for the for the top five US regional food is something that is undeniable. And that is the Wisconsin deep fried cheese curd. Oh, 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 my Lanta. Please keep talking. <laughs> that was the noise I was hoping for. Good. I feel good mm-hmm. about this. So obviously curds are a byproduct of the cheddar cheese making process. Um, uh, Wisconsinites have been going nuts for these since uh, the mid 19th century when they first started making them. Uh, the, the lore of the beautiful lush Wisconsin countryside brought farmers um, with their cattle and and to the to the to, to the Wisconsin farmland, they started making cheese. Um, if you really want to get have the best curd possible, you don't want to have a curd that's more than three days old. The longer it sits, sits the worse it gets. Yep. Um, and old curds can even cause stomach problems more so than cheese already does. So uh, watch <laughs> out for that. Um, and one of the true pleasures in my life thus far has been getting to experience uh, an hours old cheese curd, freshly fried um, mm. at a cheese facility somewhere in central Wisconsin. I think it was Monroe. I don't remember exactly. Um, and it should be, it should be number one on your list of, you know, stuff to do in Wisconsin cheese curds. It's gotta be there. Um, and uh, I, I just, that, that small window, that, that small quality life that it has. I just love that because it maintains a mystique. I think that, that uh, maintains that, uh, that the curd isn't everywhere all the time. Um, and because, because if it, if it held the same, if you shipped it across the country and made it a month later, it wouldn't be the same, but cheese curds, when they're truly fresh, they're much, much better. And I know you guys know about Cheese curds, when they warm up, they get that squeak back. You mm-hmm. love that squeak. Mm-hmm. That is air escaping the cheese curd. What a delightful sensation that is. Um, if it's not squeaking, three seconds in the microwave, it'll get your squeak right back. Um, and just the experience. Now, my favorite way to have them, Minnesota State Fair. In the food building, you visit the number one cheese curd seller at the State Fair. It's called the Mouth Trap. <laughs> oh, you laugh every time you go to it. Uh, you get that crispy hot shell. Uh, your shell, the, the the breading, it shouldn't dwarf the size of the curd either. I, I've had curds here at bars in Chicago, and it's like the curd is an afterthought inside that 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 deep fried breading. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes a, a dash of cayenne in the batter is very nice. Uh, I've had that before at the State Fair, um, and there are only two acceptable dipping sauces for curds. You don't have to dip if you don't want to. But the two are ranch, of course. That's a Midwestern classic. Uh, or ketchup, which is an amazing amuse-bouche, if you will, of a full grilled cheese sandwich dipped in tomato uh, soup almost. It's, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful mouth experience. Um, 
And there's some rules to curds of two, of course, when you're at the Minnesota State Fair, you get a a, 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 a purchase, a, a, a size of them, a boat, if you will, a boat of curds. Trough, 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 a trough, a trough, a trough. Thank you very much. Uh, a trough of curds. It, it comes with a neck strap. It's great. Uh, and when you're sharing it with friends, there are rules just like with nachos. If the shells connect, that is one curd. You do not have to break it apart. That is one curd. You are you are awarded for that for that bravery to to go in for the big one. Um, and uh, I think that's it. I think I think that's everything I have to say. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin's a beautiful place. Um, go for the curds. Uh, keep staying for the beer, I guess. Um, and that's it. Yeah, Wisconsin fried cheese curd again. I rest my case. Damn it. I think I should be a lawyer. Oh, I'm killing this. Wow. Honestly, that's a very, very respectable number one. Honestly, I'm a huge fan of cheese curds, whether in whether they're fried or poutine or anything. Like, honestly, cheese curds are the way. And I mean that both the pun and legitimately. Um, but yeah, no, honestly, huge, huge props to you for that number one. Um, I, I, I will just note that Though cheese curds being phenomenal and like delicious, I, you are going up against the entire culinary tradition of the Louisiana people. So, sure, yeah, that is tough. That is tough. Mm, but you did mention it. one of my favorite things about cheese curds: a light batter. Mm-hmm, that is yeah. something that people forget. And some of the best ones I've had have been at the Lakefront Brewery in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Light batter with a garlic yep. ranch dipping sauce. Now, I have not been to the Minnesota State Fair. I hope to go one day when it opens and then (laughs) I will get get me some of those neck trough curds that I I deeply, deeply Mm -hmm. desire. So we have an interesting ending here. The entire cooking of an entire group of people or the amazing cheese curd. Both of you are getting three points for this round, but there's a little, there's a little caveat. There was no real, uh, house rule put in place today, but Mitch, you guessed my biz bear advice that will be at the end of the show. So I will give you an extra point, which brings your total to 11 to Dylan's 12. Oh, Dylan's scooting oh. by with the win today. And I fade into the darkness, never to be seen again <laughs> with my one and oh lifetime record. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> you, you lead bearing son of a bitch. How dare you get my hopes up for that W? Mm. That was a, oh. that was a good battle though, boys. Mm-hmm. And I was a very good battle starving right now because of you dickheads. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we can't leave today without hearing my fast five, which of course is the top five signs that December is upon us. Number five, the holiday music, all the, oh, sorry, let me take that again. Uh, the all, <laughs> number five, the all holiday music, all the time radio station has been playing Christmas music for two weeks already. That's right, everybody. Mariah Carey has crawled out of her perennial cave to collect her residuals, and the debate over baby it's cold outside has been refueled. Now, the only good part of this trend is that your nemesi that still work your old retail jobs are subjected to the holly jolly repeats going on in their ears. But then you feel bad about the good folks who are just trying to put food on the table who are also subjected to this torture. So 93.9 Light FM, you cruel bitch. Number four. The first snow falls, providing your neighbors with a delight of your unpreparedness. 
So your suburban neighbors with the good lawn love it when you have to yet when you I cannot talk tonight. <clears throat> your suburban neighbors with the good lawn love it when you have yet to drain the oil from the lawnmower and haven't greased up the old blower yet. It's buried in the garage behind the old pictures you meant to go through in May and under the plastic tote of extra sweaters. You dig her out. She fights you on every yank, stiff from the year-long union-mandated break. You finally get the modest three inches of snow removed from the concrete, only to find you're out of salt for the stairs. Fuck! Number three. Shopping now has a deadline. Ah, shit. You stayed away from Black Friday out of principle, and now you actually have to start buying shit. Weeks one and two of December are where you do your most creative thinking for the folks you always put a ton of care into for gifts. That rare Etsy item that'll take weeks to ship. The funny movie-themed coffee mug that's for what's-her-face. Then you start making the mad dash in the following weeks for anything you can give away. Yes, honey, buy the blankets. Buy all the flannel blankets and the candles. We need to have tchotchkes ready to reciprocate to the people that don't matter that bothered to give us a card. Number two, the movies you actually like are on TV again. Elf, Christmas Vacation, A Christmas Story, all the classics are making their way through the channels that didn't produce new content on a Canadian soundstage in July. Gotta fill the airwaves and God damn it, do you respect that? Number one, your favorite everything has returned. Oh, you can get a peppermint mocha at Starbucks using last Christmas's gift cards? Oh, you can eat another cookie because, fuck it. I'll take a pinwheel, a toll house, an apricot cheese, and raspberry kolachki. Thank you. Uh, can you please put uh, uh, some Baileys in my hot chocolate, please? A little whiskey in that cider. Uh, thank you. All while hanging out at home. In person. Without masks. Talking. Breathing. Ah, shit. Well, the thought was good while it lasted. <laughs> And that's this week's edition of Uber Cinco. <laughs> From the quaint Sopico district of Chicago's north side has been... Mitch Brinkman! And from the Philadelphia playground where he spent most of his days has been... Dylan Caddy. And as BizBear always says, if the chips get stuck together, that's one nacho. Avita Zane and adios. You've just listened to Uber Cinco, a production of UBK Studios. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your fine podcasts from. If you like what you hear and want to support the show, please visit our Patreon site at patreon.com slash UBK Studios. Every little bit helps us keep the lights on and the bill collectors at bay. Keep tabs on us on all the social media at UBK Studios, and most importantly, subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can see that we really are just a bunch of good Midwestern boys. Yeah.